I do think that it's important to find a therapist that you can connect with that maybe has similar experiences, but that you can really connect with and trust a lot. And I think this is important that you find somebody that you don't feel that you have to educate on your culture or educate on things that you you might have experienced. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Homesickness Cure podcast. Whether you're an immigrant in a new country or feel like the culture in your parents' house is a universe away from what's outside their front door, we can all agree on something. Creating a life you like in a place that doesn't feel like home is really hard. If you're struggling to find yourself while navigating two cultures, Pour yourself a cup of tea, dear. I think you like it here. I'm your host, Anya Sharice, CEO and founder of Navigating Culture, and I am on a mission to help immigrants learn how to self-validate, remove self-doubt, and achieve their dreams by redefining archaic ideas of success. Pop in your earbuds and get ready to take notes as I talk to immigrant and first-gen guests and even share some of my own advice on how you can start living life on your own terms. Not your parents, not your friends, and not your nosy aunties and uncles. We'll be talking about finance, mental health, finding your purpose when it goes against the norm, fitting in and belonging, and a whole lot more. Leaning off the edge of your seat yet? Well then let's get started. So today on the podcast we have Alejandra and she grew up in El Salvador and moved to the USA to pursue her first degree. Though she enjoyed her classes, she would yearn for a summer when she'd hop on a plane and go back home to her family and childhood friends. So much so that after she graduated, she returned to live in San Salvador. After a few years, she realized she wanted to continue her education and moved to Austin and fell in love with that city. After much deliberation, she decided that the only way she could feel good about staying was to focus on helping her people immigrant women from Latinx countries who are struggling to adjust in a new place. Today, Alejandra is a therapist passionate about creating an accepting environment that supports her clients as they heal. Her work with people of various backgrounds, experience, and identities has deepened her belief that building healthy connections is a key and necessary part of growing and healing. Hi, Alejandra. Thank you so much for joining me here today. So what's your story? Can you share a little bit more about yourself? Hi, thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate being here today, and I'm just really excited to be here with you. I feel like you just provided a really great summary of me. <laughs> like you said, I did grow up in, in El Salvador with my family. My parents and my older brother are living there, and I don't think they have much plan of leaving. But yeah, I'm currently living in Austin. I work for a local nonprofit uh, serving survivors of violence. And I also currently have a small private practice. And I have loved being a therapist here in Austin and being able to serve my people. Like you said in the intro, it really has been a big goal of mine to be able to use my language, my first language that is Spanish and be able to provide therapy services for immigrants and Latinx clients. Well, thanks for letting us know a little bit about yourself. I really love that you shared more about your family and how you grew up. I think it's always nice to know that about people in general and also people who show up on the podcast. So we've already established that you are a therapist and not only are you an immigrant, but you also really focus on helping immigrants and also first-gen immigrants. So let's just jump into why we're here today. And I'm really seeking out and trying to understand why in particular do you feel immigrants need therapy? My friends will tell you, and so will my family, that I believe that therapy can benefit a lot of people. And so it's something that I particularly feel passionate about and talk about with my friends and family members. And so in general, I think that I feel really, you know, like, yes, this is something that a lot of people should, should be doing. I think it, therapy can just be really helpful. And in particular, for immigrants, I think that immigrants, we have these different experiences and 
when we move to a new place, and especially here in the United States, I feel that there can be just this huge culture shock and all these different changes and not only in different place, different scenery, like all these different things and different friends and lifestyle, but just also an identity, right? And so for immigrants in particular, sometimes it's like, oh, like I'm having all these feelings or there's all of this coming up and I'm not understanding why. And therapy can just be really beneficial in just trying to recognize some of that and receiving some validation of, yeah, this is normal. Like what you're going through is normal and expected. And then also therapy can also just be a great tool for grading understanding yourself and also for healing, right? If you've experienced something that's been difficult in your life, whether it's recent or years ago, therapy can just be a great tool for that healing to take place. And my style and how I work in my personal therapy and how I provide therapy as well, I focus a lot on connection. And I'm a true believer that in connections, a lot of healing can take place. And so for me, it's one of my points too. And one of my goals in therapy is to connect with the person sitting in front of me. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing more about why you think immigrants in particular need someone to talk to. I definitely identify with that. I've been an immigrant for almost 10 years now, and I definitely can reflect and see how just having someone to talk to about the flood of emotions and the flood of new experiences that I was having, especially at that time, would have been extremely helpful. One thing that I think you focused on is connection and how you believe as a therapist it's important to connect with the person sitting in front of you and also it's important for your clients to feel connected in order to help them to grow and to heal and to develop as a person. Can you dive a little bit deeper into connection as a mode of healing I can see one way you said that when you're sitting in front of the of your client you're connecting with them but how else can connection be a healing path the immigrant clients that you're seeing yeah and and it's not just in therapy right I work with a lot of trauma and interpersonal violence and so I started noticing this trend of people growing up with violence and and not like real healthy connections, then sometimes just being in a therapy room and building a healthy connection was was very healing for them of, oh, I can have a healthy connection or relationship with somebody, right? Whether it be a therapist or an advocate, then that was healing in itself, not only in therapy with the therapist, but also in supporting clients in building other healthy connections, whether it be with coworkers, with friendships, with safe partners. I feel that that can just be really important and kind of also recognizing them. I've found that sometimes some of my clients, they'll say, you know, I just don't have that many friends or I don't know, or, you know, I don't talk with a lot of people and in kind of digging deeper, sometimes it's like, well, there is this coworker that will check in on me. And sometimes even pointing out those connections for clients can be really helpful. And in saying that's like a good example, that's kind of, you can go into that. And when you do feel connected, how do you feel? Like, does it feel good? And a lot of clients will say, yeah, yeah, you know, that that can definitely happen or that does feel good to be connected in a healthy way with somebody. And also thinking with the previous question about immigrants eating therapy, I have a huge promote, like my group of friends here in Austin, for some reason or another, we all ended up here at around the same time with very kind of similar backgrounds and without family close. And so we became each other's family. And I definitely attribute them and those connections to me feeling like Austin could be home with people that I share my language with, customs, food. And so that was just something that I know was helpful for me and that I've seen it's been helpful for them also. And now I love that that we have this family and that we feel like this is home as well. Oh, I love that. I definitely see 
the importance of creating connection, showing up not just in the therapist's room or e-room as it is now, but also in your real life. And I absolutely see how giving your clients the confidence to know that you and they can create a great connection lets them not only seek out positive connection in their own life, but also recognize what other positive connections they have that already exist. So for me, based on our conversation already, I can see like why it's so important for immigrants to seek out therapy and why it's important for them to take care of their mental health. So why are we so afraid to seek it out? Why are we so hesitant to advocate for ourselves when we're not feeling well in this particular area? Yeah, I I love this question. And I think that there are so many reasons, right? I feel in the world in general, therapy can just be something that's really taboo, or at least I can speak to the population that I've worked with and with a lot of Hispanic and Latinx clients. And even for me in the past, therapy was just kind of taboo. You didn't really talk about it. I remember my mom whispering, oh, you know, that kid had to go to therapy, you know, when I was younger and just whispering and not it being so open. In my family, there were other therapists or psychologists. And so it was just so interesting that even with some normalization, it was still pretty taboo in many cultures, in many countries. And then also sometimes I know that in conversations with friends or with people I've met, mental health can come up and it's like, why would I go to therapy? Like, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't even know what I would talk about. I don't really have a big issue or nothing really traumatic has happened to me before. And so I do believe that there's this big need of education around mental health. And I love that, you know, that you're doing this type of work also to promote some of that like well-being as well. And so I think that that can kind of also play into it. And just the thought that, oh, I don't really need to go to therapy. I don't have anything that's wrong. You know, I think fear is a pretty powerful thing. And sometimes fear of sharing thoughts or sharing things about yourself, that can be really scary. And also being vulnerable. Sometimes in opening up and sharing about things that are maybe not so pleasant or not so great, that can also feel a little scary and it can take time to build to that as well. Definitely. Thanks for sharing that. So I feel like a lot of what your experience has been in terms of growing up and the cultural feeling on therapy has been very similar to my experience it's like a big thing it goes on your file it like follows you everywhere people know about it you have this like black x on your back and so I definitely feel like a lot of people because of that have this belief about themselves that you also brought up where it's like I don't need to go to therapy like nothing's happened to me but I do want to say that I feel like life is hard and so so many of us because of how we've grown up or because of what we've been taught, we tend to keep things on the down low and bottle things up. So we don't even realize that things that have happened to us have affected us in certain ways. You know, like what will affect you may not necessarily affect me, but because something has affected you, it means that you may have held that in your body or it's affecting how you can go through life and impacting how well you do that. But I do think if you're an immigrant, moving from one country to another is a big thing, right? It's like leaving your family. It's like leaving your friends. It's like trying to adopt a brand new way of life in a place where people may not necessarily understand you. So I feel like that in itself is a big thing. And so that in itself can be traumatic. And so it makes sense to me that if you've done this big move or if your parents have done that big move and you are still feeling like if you're navigating two cultures, that is something and it's worth exploring. What do you think? Oh, I completely agree with with everything that you just said. And it is moving and leaving your family, leaving your home, leaving support system, friends, right? Like a move in anywhere, even a move of house can feel pretty heavy or traumatic and just adding on all the different aspects of if you're an immigrant, right? Like moving from one country to another, that can definitely be traumatic for a person. Like I said, you're leaving family, you're leaving food, the culture, 
language, how you communicate, music. Music is a big thing for me, but other traditions as well. And even even like scenery. I was just thinking, I was doing this exercise of like, what are some things that soothe me? And for me, seeing mountains, seeing the beach, and seeing really green mountains specifically, (laughs) that for me will always be something of comfort and will soothe me and will kind of just help me ground myself a little. And that's not something that I get here in Austin. I don't get to go to the beach. It's not that close. Sure, there are some hills, but right now they're not really that green. (laughs) And so even thinking about that, it kind of aches a little bit. And a move like that and being an immigrant, it means leaving a lot behind, a lot of losses, right? And so loss is definitely something that can be considered a trauma. Agreed. Agreed. So I want to just go back to something that you said earlier, where you said the education around mental health is changing and it's removing some of those taboos that we have around the benefits of therapy. But I almost feel like immigrants need to take it one step further. It's not just going out and finding therapy. It's going out and finding a therapist that can actually relate to your experience. So I know how I feel about that. But in your expert opinion, how important is it to find a therapist who can specifically relate to your experience as an immigrant? And how can a therapist who isn't familiar to what you're going through be particularly damaging to you and your growth? Like, I think I have like two things to say. I do think that it's important to find a therapist that you can connect with that maybe has similar experiences, but that you can really connect with and trust a lot. And I think this is important that you find somebody that you don't feel that you have to educate on your culture or educate on things that you you might have experienced. Everybody's story is different and there is going to be some sharing right in therapy and try to build a relationship. It'll be more straightforward and just safer with somebody that might have some shared experience with you. Now, I also hold the, this really strong belief that everybody is an expert on their own life. And so you are going to know what's going to be the best thing for you. I do have certain things, and especially thinking about immigrants, of things that you can look for when you're finding a therapist, because it is important if you are going to go out and seek working with a mental health professional I love providing like certain tips or certain things to consider because this is going to be your time. This is going to be your investment on yourself. And so thinking about kind of like the traditional things of thinking of like insurance, pay, the time, schedule, you know, all of these little practical things that are definitely important. But I think when you're looking for a therapist, definitely somebody that can relate to your experience, I feel is important. So sometimes I like to recommend, you know, make a list of what things are important to you, like what values, you know, is gender, sexual orientation, race, ethnicity, is that important to you to find in a therapist or share that life, that experience of also maybe being an immigrant, what this therapy style is and what values does this therapist have? I think that is definitely important. I was working with a therapist. It was, I think, like maybe two years ago, and this therapist didn't have, you know, she didn't have that shared life experience. She wasn't an immigrant, and we did great work. You know, I was working through some other things, and it was very helpful to be in therapy and to have that, but there came a point where I was like, I really need to to work on my identity and figure out what's going on here, especially with who I am as a woman, as a Latinx woman living here. And so I was like, I don't feel like this is a good fit for that. And so I was like, I need to find a therapist who can speak Spanish, who maybe has like a similar story as me of being an immigrant in this country and that can support me, you know, and I was looking for maybe some, a couple of other things. And I did find that fit. I did find it. And for me, it was just really important. And it's been great. And I've done great personal work with that. So I know that that was something that was important to me. 
I think that sometimes in therapy, like harm can also occur if a therapist isn't really understanding, trained, or well-versed in working with immigrants. And so I do feel that there is that big important piece, right, of, okay, like, I know that immigrants can struggle with these different things, you know, the grief of losing home and support system, because even if it's a person who has moved here and become an immigrant here because they're seeking safety, because maybe in their country of origin, there wasn't safety, you know, they're basically moving here to save their lives or their families' lives. But even with those cases, there is still a huge loss of family of other support systems back home. And so having an understanding of that is really important. So I know I went on a huge spiel for that, but I do think to answer that question, it's important to go through that. And that part of your second question of how can a therapist who isn't familiar to your experience can be particularly damaging, right? Being an immigrant can feel so complex. And so like saying microaggression or not validating those mixed feelings that a person can hold, that's really important. I think that that's so true, even in my experience, seeing professionals who don't have that background or who have no experience with what it means to be an immigrant and what it means to be an outsider in that particular way. It can be really frustrating trying to explain to someone like why things are tough, because you're not just talking about, oh, I had a bad day. You have to then explain (laughs) why that bad day felt particularly stressful. And if someone doesn't have that same cultural experience, even if I think if they're a person of color, a woman of color, a lot of times they can maybe relate, but it's not the same. They haven't gone through what you've experienced or haven't worked with people who have experienced what you've experienced. So it's hard for them to offer support and it's hard for you to feel like they understand what you've gone through. And I think it's really important in therapy to like feel like your therapist understands what you're going through because you're often lacking that in the real world right exactly and therapy is supposed to be a safe space where you could really be yourself and therapy doesn't have to feel like you as a client that you're educating your therapist (laughs) and sometimes it can feel that way if there isn't that experience and that knowledge on the therapist part Absolutely. So in one of our previous conversations, you know, since we're speaking about identities and Latinx culture in particular, and your experience with therapy as an immigrant, in a previous conversation, you mentioned that immigrants need to adapt is built into Latinx immigrant culture. And I sort of responded with that saying that it's not just like a need to adapt. It's probably that, you know, we feel like this is the easiest way or the only way to survive. And so it tends to seem or look like we're actively disowning ourselves in order to fit in. And so do you feel or do you see this as a common trend when you're working with immigrant clients? I think it can be a, like a yes, sometimes or no answer, but you see it more historically. I'm finding right now, and I can speak to this past year, maybe, I know I'm finding clients who are actively seeking me out because of who I am, because I am an immigrant, because I am a Latinx woman. But in working with the clients and getting to know family of origin, historically, I think that there has been this, what we had talked about of people actively trying to survive by adapting, right? Like adapting to the dominant culture. And I think about it historically. When I moved to Texas, I would sometimes be like, "Mm, I don't like seeing Latinx families and that they never taught their kids to speak Spanish. It bugged me a little bit when I first moved here. And in learning and in studying the history Um, Chicano culture and just Latinx and Hispanic culture here in Texas, I learned that it was actually prohibited for kids to speak Spanish in schools. And I didn't know that years ago. And so it's something that I learned and I was like, everything makes sense. It all started to like fit in. And it was like this eye-opening moment. It's not something I, I ever criticize 
Like it's not just personal decisions being made of let's not pass down our Spanish. Let's not pass down these beautiful cultural traditions. Some of these things were even in the laws of Texas or in the laws of school of no, you can't do that or know this. And so it makes sense. Right. And with families wanting to push of like, you need to adapt and you need to adapt to the dominant culture as much as possible. Cause that's how you're going to make it. And that's how you're going to be okay. Like there's still residues of that, you know, sometimes my clients will kind of look around at their group of friends and be like, huh, I don't have that many friends that look like me. That can be something that can come up or, huh, no, I don't tend to talk to my family. There's these different little things. But in general, I've started to see this trend of people struggling with identity and wanting to be proud of their culture and their roots. And it can be different because I also think about, well, here in Austin, right, there aren't that many people of color here in Austin. And kind of thinking about that, it's like, well, where is that access? But I think it's just these things that can come up in my work with the clients, but it's more like looking at the history and it can be, you know, like kind of like a rejection or trying to stay away from people who look like you. And then also just maybe not wanting to learn the language as well. So I think that those are maybe some of the things that I've seen. I don't know if that makes sense. Hi, it's me, Anya, your host. I'm interrupting the podcast because there is this really cool thing I must tell you about. It's called Beyond Your Parents' Expectations, How to Create a Life You Love in a New Country. Here's the deal. I get you. I get why it's hard to imagine anything else for yourself beyond the doctor, lawyer, or CEO title. And I get why you're afraid to write down your big dreams. What if I can't figure it out, you see? That I'll be an even bigger failure. But what if I told you that there are two strategies you could learn today to help you learn how to self-validate, learn how to self-doubting yourself, and figure out what a successful life looks like for you, not your parents? Want in? Download this free audio training to learn how to build the clarity and confidence you need to start building a life really like today. Go to navigatingculture.co forward slash live your best life. That's navigatingculture.co forward slash live your best life and download your free gift. I'll also drop the link in the show notes to make it easy to copy, paste and go. I'm so excited for you and I really hope that this audio is life changing. All right, that's it for me. Let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. And I think it's really important to point out, not only is it an easy way to survive to try to associate yourself with the dominant culture, but sometimes you have to disown yourself because it's legally sanctioned, like <laughs> being true to yourself and to your, your home country and to your home culture is, is legally sh- sanctioned. Sometimes you do get in trouble for speaking your language. And that's very, very common in American history across a wide variety of the immigrant experience. You do get in trouble for flying a flag of a different country. And not only are some things legally sanctioned, but some things are culturally sanctioned. And it can be as dire as culturally sanctioned by violence. It's like if you appear in a certain way or position yourself in a certain way, like you can be threatened with real physical violence. And then there's also the other type of violence where you're actively left out of necessary life-saving like institutions like healthcare or education or even something like just being accepted in school and being able to have a community like where you go to school and feel, feeling comfortable in that area. So I absolutely agree. And, and I think it's important for even me to realize that, you know, I immigrated at a different time. And it's so great, like you were saying, that people now have access because of the internet and because like we've quote unquote, progress a little bit to hold on to some facets of their identity. Whereas, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, that was just not possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really true. And thank you also, you know, for sharing your experience as well. But it's something that clients do struggle with. And, you know, like can be the struggle of I need to adapt and fit in in some way, right? That's acceptable socially also. And I also want to 
hold on to certain things that soothe me and that are helpful and that are part of me that I don't want to let go of. Yeah, definitely. This talk about showing up as yourself, sometimes being sanctioned in society. When I say sanctioned, I mean threatened by serious penalties, whether that's on a legal scale or a cultural scale. It really makes me think of trauma. And so when we think about trauma, we think about it as this giant thing, like this one big thing that happened to you on a physical level, like having a loved one pass away or getting into an extremely serious car accident. But can we just tap into how moving to a new country can be a traumatic experience and how this trauma can play out or show up in an immigrant's life? Yeah. And I think, as we had kind of mentioned before, but I definitely think that there can be so much loss with moving to a new country. Loss and also shock. It's new people. And what if I move to a place where nobody looks like me? That can definitely be and feel really isolating as well. And then the loss of everything, right? Like what you look at, your family, food, traditions, even like special holidays or celebrations or ways that you celebrate. That can also be very traumatic and how this trauma can play out or show up in our lives. It can be in feeling like disconnected. It can feel really isolating too, right? I don't want to build these connections because it doesn't feel safe or it doesn't feel like something that I can really do or be okay with. And so I've noticed that a lot of clients, especially like recent immigrants, and there can be this struggle of I'm just going to like isolate or a lot of anxiety coming up, a lot of maybe like depression or depression type symptoms coming up. Those are definitely things that can happen because there is a great loss in coming to a new country and losing a lot of things from your country of origin or from where you were before. From what you're saying, I think that's something that we can definitely talk about is just going back to this same notion of disowning yourself. I feel like we spend a lot of time talking about what it would have looked like 40, 50 years ago, but I think it may be helpful to sort of zero in on what it can look like today. Because like we said earlier, some people don't even realize that they've experienced a trauma because they've been taught to like push it down and bury it. So are you open to sharing two to three examples of what disowning yourself or disassociating can look like in the immigrant experience in 2020? In 2020, I think that disowning yourself can sometimes feel of refusing to speak your language. I think for me, it's it's a pretty big thing. So I think of that, I think of of actively seeking out connections or friendships that don't look right like you, because that can feel something safer. What also can come up for me or that I think about is even healing practices. There's so many different types of healing practices that are beautiful from various countries and cultural traditions. And sometimes like, oh, no, I'm just going to go ahead and do this other thing because that's what this culture is telling me to do. I remember I went to, what was it? It was some sort of training or presentations and it was specifically geared for Latinx providers and Spanish-speaking providers. And I went to this conference about one of the talks was about self-care. And this lady, she just said it really naturally and just really straight, you know, like, you know, we've been told in our field that self-care is this yoga or these different things or all these things that are very white-centered or that, you know, they've been appropriated for white people. But what are things that have helped you from your culture? And she talked about dance and music and other different healing practices that can be really great. And sometimes letting go of those or saying like, those don't really work or like, no, those aren't great. And let me go and do these practices. Even something like that can also feel, or I know it's felt for me personally, like I've been that I in the past have disowned, right? Of like, oh yeah, like let me do all of these that I learned in a very, very white grad school program. (laughs) Let me learn these things and not pay attention to what my body is actually craving or needing. Mm. 
Yeah, I definitely think for me, like, as I look back, some ways that I was doing that is really echoing your first point and was like, just never actively trying to seek out friends like me. I think one of the reasons was that it was very difficult to do that. I moved to a school where there was 2% people who were Black and even less people who were (laughs) from the Caribbean, but there were avenues for me to seek out people who looked like me and who would have been closer to understanding my experience. But I just was like, oh, I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to really focus on fitting in. And then I also see that coming in where, you know, I was overly trying to impress the people around me by aligning myself with the music that they liked and their interests and what they wanted to do, even though sometimes times it just felt too foreign for me and it was too outside of my comfort zone and even in the times when I said oh I don't want to do this feeling negative and guilty and thinking that me not wanting to do a certain hobby was some sort of expression of my worthiness or like how good I was I know it seems silly but as I reflect it's definitely how I felt like skiing for example as one of them and really internalizing the fact that I didn't like to ski and I didn't want to learn and I hated the snow as like some sort of judgment on how good I was. And then the third thing is definitely beating myself up when I made any sort of mistake because I definitely internalized the thought, of course I have to work four times as hard. <laughs> of course that's right, like duh, look at you, look at where you come from and just feeling really, really crappy and overcompensating if I felt I made a mistake, whether I had made one or not. So I definitely see those three things, you know, as areas where I was disowning myself and not living up and being true to me. Yeah. And I know that it comes from this place of, at least for me, ways that I maybe disowned myself or have disowned myself or continue to do so. It can come from that place of really wanting to adapt and survive. Or this need of, I need to do well here. For me, it can come up as like, I need to be the good type of Latina woman, right? (laughs) And it's not fair. And I wish that I didn't have to feel this way in the past or continue to do so. Because I know that there are some of those internalized things. But I can definitely also speak from experience of actively wanting to regain some of that of who I am. And being proud of it has helped that has definitely felt more natural and better for me. It's a hard journey, right? It can feel difficult. So Alejandra, I think we've basically agreed on two things in this conversation. And one of them is that therapy is important and that immigrants especially should really consider how tapping into this arena of mental health could be really great for them. And I think the second thing that we've sort of come to a conclusion on is that it's really important to, as an immigrant especially, to find a therapist that gets you, that understands the immigrant experience, that is either an immigrant themselves or has worked with immigrants in the past, because it's really hard to go into a therapy session and have to educate your therapist on like what you're experiencing and heal at the same time. So with that in mind, what are some questions immigrants and even first gen can ask a therapist as they're vetting them to get a better sense that the therapist that they want to explore this healing journey with will be a good choice for them? I would definitely encourage shopping around like doing some research also and what things are important to you or what you're looking for in in a therapist so I think the first step is recognizing as we had talked about before what are some things that are important to me like is gender sexual orientation race ethnicity is that important to you as far as like needing some representation or somebody that you can connect with in front of you. And so thinking about that first. And so I will say like, there is going to be some pre-work also to be done. And so writing those things down and also what values are important to you that your therapist needs to have. For example, is this a therapist who also shares the important value of social justice with you? And so having that or an advocate for immigrant issues or for immigration, you know, is is that something that's important for you to have with, with somebody, with a therapist? And then what therapy style are you looking for? Like, do you want somebody who challenges you? Do you want somebody who is more holistic or that practices like certain 
modalities that maybe you've heard about that are interesting for you. And it's okay if it's not clear and that it can change over time. And so I would encourage looking around for certain therapists who who you think that you might be interested in. And then once you call them, like, let's say that, okay, like, yes, this person fits into my budget. Oh, like maybe I've narrowed it down to three or four therapists. And I think important questions to ask is, how do you work with clients? How would you work with a client who's an immigrant? I think that that's really okay to ask a therapist and then hear them out and kind of see, okay, like, yes, this kind of relates to me, or yes, I do feel this connection. And and even sometimes identifying if you want to, right? I'm an immigrant. And so I would like to know your experience if you've worked with immigrants in the past and how have you done that? Even asking that type of question, I think would be something that I encourage. And I think the last thing, and this is something that I'm a believer in, I already said I'm a believer of connection and just listening to yourself and what does your gut tell you? And maybe saying, yes, I felt comfortable talking with this person, even if it's just over the phone, like gave me a good vibe or something. And so listening to yourself and I feel comfortable here and the questions that I ask, they seem to answer pretty well. Also know that it's perfectly okay to go to one session or two and maybe be like, no, this isn't a good fit. It's okay. It's okay for that to happen and that you can go and have various first sessions to maybe see, yes, I do fit in or no, this might not be a good fit. So I actually love, love, love that you talked about trying things out. And so I love that you gave us permission to say like, no, like you're welcome to try things on, see how it feels. And then if it doesn't fit you, take it off. I think that's such a powerful thing for immigrants to hear and for them to start to understand because I feel that because of how we grew up or because of the decision of moving to a new country can even itself feel very final. It's like, I made this decision, I'm going to stick to it. I often feel like sometimes, one, we feel like a decision is in cement and two, if we change our minds, we made another mistake and feeling like, we're making mistakes, I think, and trying to avoid that is like such, such a big thing for immigrants. Yes, for sure. I will always check in with clients. Like if somebody calls for a consult, I'll just say that, you know, like shop around. It's okay. And and this is something that I learned from a supervisor that I loved. And I always tell clients, if they're like, yes, I feel like I do want to work with you. Let's schedule something. And I always tell them, okay, I'm going to schedule a first session. And this is how it's going to look like. And just so you know, after the first session, I'm going to check in and see how you felt. And so we can see if we're a good fit for each other. And sometimes if I feel that something might be a little off with a client, I'll check in again, even if it's a couple of sessions in, and I'll always allow them to or offer. It's okay if you feel like we need to end or that maybe we're not a good fit. And so I'll check in with clients at times, but especially after that first session of just, hey, I feel like we're a good fit. Do you feel like we're a good fit? It's not final. You're with the therapist. Now you have to work with them. Definitely not. And if that happens, I'll just like do my little plug here. Don't give up. Going to therapy can definitely feel scary. And if you're like, oh, I can't really find somebody that I like, keep searching and even maybe asking therapists that you've talked to or maybe even had a session with, like, do you feel that there's somebody who could be a better fit? Do you know of anybody that could be a better fit? That's also something that you can do. Hmm. So I love that you share that because I think sometimes all of us want to get somewhere, but we don't know how to get there. And so I think it's great just to have a little bit of direction to lead us on the path. So thanks for that. And I know that it can just be really, really intimidating. And like, how do I even search for a therapist? And I have had several of my friends reach out and be like, hey, I feel like I want to work with a therapist, but I'm just so overwhelmed. I don't even know where to start. And so I will usually just be like, hey, I can help you if you tell me what you're looking for. 
these are things that are important to you, like even select them so you can narrow down, like maybe this is what you're looking for. And I would like to mention them if that's okay with you. Yeah, you can go ahead. Absolutely. I love Latinx therapy. It's now like national, even international. There are some international therapists on there, Latinx therapy. And she's just done really great work and reaching out to potential clients and Latinx individuals, but also even to therapists. It's it's a great, great resource if you're looking for that. Also inclusive therapists, I feel it's really great. They'll not just let anybody sign on. Like therapists, when we go through that process, they ask pretty like great challenging questions that you really have to think about and give thought out answers in order to be part of this directory. So those are great, great directories, especially if you're an immigrant. Therapy for Latinx, I think, is another one. Amazing. And what I will do is I'll also link those in the show notes. So if you guys want to explore the options that Alejandra just gave us, you are more than free to do that. So as we come to an end, I really want to ask, well, two things. One, is there anything else you'd like to share? And then do you have any questions for me? Ooh, I think like one maybe like final thing to share. And it came up a little bit ago, but just really trusting yourself, trusting your gut, especially when you're looking for a therapist and ending your therapy services because you don't trust or maybe feel a connection with the therapist who's in front of you. It doesn't mean, you know, like you're being resistant or that you're being avoidant. Sometimes just have to listen to yourself. You guys are the experts on your lives and trusting yourself with that. I think that's one thing that I did want to just put out there. And I would like to ask to you, Anya, what has motivated you to do this podcast? I loved hearing your intro. So I think it's my own journey and I spend slash have spent a lot of time wishing that I could do things differently if I could go back in time. And the way I sort of deal with that is I think, how can I be the person that I wish I had access to when I first moved or when I was younger? So all of the things that I talk about, self-validation, removing self-doubt, moving beyond people's expectations of you to dream bigger, it's not only things that I wish I had resources for when I first moved here or when I was younger, it's also things that I'm still struggling with. So I always tell people I'm not a coach. (laughs) Think of me as like a friend who is going through the some of the same things that you are and is trying to figure it out along with you. I don't think you ever stop growing unless you want to. And up until the day you die, you can be somebody who is learning, growing, developing, and seeking out new perspectives to become more aligned with your true self. And so, yeah, I just want to create something that I didn't have when I moved to the States and I was 19 and in my eyes now was a baby, but I was like, I know everything. And (laughs) so I just want to gift that to my former self. And if I can be the resource that helps somebody not feel so alone and understand that they can move beyond other people's expectations, I'm so excited by that. And it propels me to continue doing this work. Yeah. Thank you for, for sharing that with me. It's great. And I appreciate the work that you're doing. It's really amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much. Well, that's it for our time, Alejandro. This was amazing. Therapy is something that I think that everyone should do. One of my favorite sayings are, I think a lot of the problems in the world will be solved if people went to therapy and got a hobby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's not that simple, but I just really feel like if you had something outside of work that you were really invested in, it would take away a lot of problems and stress. And then if you had someone to talk to, to help you learn and grow and develop, it would also take away a lot of stress. So 
I think especially for immigrants, therapy is something that we should be seeking out. And so oftentimes in our community, there's like a cultural taboo around it. And I'm so glad that people like you exist and are helping immigrants, but also breaking down the taboo and letting people know it's okay if you need support to heal. Yeah. Uh, Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. And I really enjoyed our, our talks. Great. Hello, friends. Thanks so much for joining us today. This episode with Alejandro did so many good things for my soul, and I hope it was affirming for you as well. I wish I heard this episode 10 years ago when I first moved to Boston, and I just know there's someone listening here who feels the same. Let's jump right into the three big insights from this conversation. Okay. So the first one is moving to a new country, especially with a non-existent support system, can be very traumatic. It's perfectly normal to feel anxious, depressed, or confused if you're away from family, friends, and a culture you've always known. Seeking therapy to help you cope isn't a bad thing, and it's nothing to be ashamed about. It's perfectly okay to ask for help if you feel like you need it. the second insight is you don't have to sell out or disown yourself to survive and thrive in a new place or a place that doesn't feel like home you are worthy special unique and just like anyone else you will sometimes make mistakes and even fail but you don't have to internalize the belief that you are less than just because you appear to be different or your values vary from what's in front of you at the moment remember that you're worthy of embracing yourself The third thing is, when it comes to therapy, remember you have a lot of options now compared to 10 or 20 years ago. You shouldn't have to educate your therapist while you're also trying to heal. In 2021, we aren't here for any of that. You deserve to find a therapist that understands where you're coming from, someone who understands the immigrant and first-gen experience and who can better help you heal. That therapist exists for you, so don't be afraid to find them. Okay, everyone, thanks so much for listening to those insights, my little insight recap. I wanted to remind you to check out www.navigatingculture.co forward slash live your best life and download your free gift. And it's a free gift that will help you take the first step on living a life beyond other people's expectations. So I hope you find it helpful. Let me know if you do by sending me a DM on Instagram at Navigating Culture. All right, I'll see you in the next one. Bye.